Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliff, pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We're glad that you have chosen to join us. We kind of got kind of connected here with the testimonies here in the church. So uh, we're starting now. We're glad that you have joined us. We pray that if there is a need that you have, then I, we would encourage you to run to Jesus. He is obviously the one who will obviously take care of things. The Bible says that he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And we know God owns it all. And so you can go to your father. Pray that your eyes would be open. Everybody's eyes will be open. Who God is to you. Obviously, sometimes we have different pictures of who the, our father is because of how we've been brought up, uh, families and so forth. Or either the world is just, we've got bumps and bruises from the world and walking through life, okay? But our father is very tender towards us. And he wants the very best for you and me. And he's never up in heaven wringing his hands, wondering what he's going to do in your situation or my situation. He always knows exactly what he's going to do. And he's always very faithful. He never changes in that. And I want to encourage you today to run to the Lord, your father, who can take care of these things that you're dealing with today. And don't go to the world and all these other things, but go to the father first. Place it before him and wait upon the Lord because the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And as we wait upon him and, and realize he is our answer and we just sang the song, we're desperate for him. We, we're lost without him. And I pray today that your hearts would just be hungry, hungry for the presence of the Lord and actually what he wants to do in your life. So that's our prayer today. Pray for salvation. Those that are here watching or those here, you have people who, You've prayed for maybe for a long period of time and you've not seen any results from your prayers. You haven't seen sometimes the reconciliation that you feel like you really want. The times of coming back together. I believe that we're in a season of time that God is going to restore things according to his perfect will. OK, he's the God of restoration. He is the God of building up those things that the enemy has torn down. And so I want to encourage you to truly just to believe God for these things. Don't vary from that. You're praying for loved ones. And I know that right now. And so don't give up. Keep praying and asking God to do what he and he alone can do. Amen. So let's pray as we begin. Father, we invite you here. Come, Father, we just bless you for being here. We invite you. We open our hearts to you. And Lord, we are looking and listening. And Lord, we are actually coming before you in desperation, desiring and longing for your presence in our lives each and every day. Knowing, Lord, today that obviously all these things around us that that vie for our attention, they don't last. They're not satisfying, Father. Only you are. And so we ask you to send your spirit to this church, to all the churches today throughout this country that are meeting today, met yesterday. That, Lord, send your spirit in a much more powerful way than you ever had before for Jesus' sake, Lord. Because we're in desperate need. Lord, we've strayed from you. And we pray as Daniel prayed that, that me and my father's house have sinned against you and done what is evil in your sight, Lord. And we are praying and asking that you would forgive us. That, Lord, you would draw us back. And that you would send the mighty winds of your spirit throughout your church house again, dear God. That people's hearts would be revived, awakened, dear Lord. Brought up from the dead, dear Lord. And again, made alive. Because that's who you are. 
And we ask you today, by your power, Father, that you would do this. Speak to us, O oh God. I'm believing today, Father, that your word is going to go forth and it's going to change lives like we've never seen before. And Lord, today we are trusting that you are up to such great things that our minds can't even comprehend it because that's who you are. And so, Lord, today we believe you and we right now fight against that unbelief and those things that come and, and tell us just the opposite because you're a mighty God. You're big. You're awesome. You can do it, Lord. And so, Lord, we know just your word going forth can change situations and circumstances and change the whole environment, Lord, to do and to fulfill your perfect plan and will. Father, do that in this country. Begin in your church house. Begin with me, Lord. Begin right here with me. A pastor here. And Lord, someone who desires you, Lord, and wants to see your move of your spirit. So, so tremendously, Lord, we, I can't express it, Lord. Only through the groanings and moanings of your spirit, Lord, can that even take place. But we pray together as one in unison and unity, believing that, Lord, you want to do it and you will do it. So we stand and, Lord, we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Is God good all the time? Amen. All the time. He never changes. I know everything around you tells you opposite and the devil tells you certainly the opposite. But the truth of the matter is God is good all the time. Amen. I want you to proclaim it this week. Go through life. Say God is at work. Remember I talked about it last week. The pastor talked about that. You see circumstances that you have no control over. Immediately proclaim God is at work. Hallelujah. He does that. So we're going to talk continually uh, next couple of weeks about prayer. Today about prayer. And the title of this message is praying with every form of prayer. We have a lot in our arsenal. Second Corinthians chapter 10 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in pulling down of strongholds. And everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And what is our weapon? Anybody here tell me? Our prayer. Amen. It's a powerful weapon. We don't take it up like we do arms and go into like the army or Marines, Air Force and so forth, Navy. We have a powerful prayer. Actually, our prayers are more powerful than all these things put together. Amen. Because our God is all powerful. And so we're going to read here from Ephesians chapter six. And we're going to look at verses 10 through 18. You all may know this is an awesome scripture, one of my favorite. And then at the end, we're going to talk about verse 18, which is primarily the focus of what I'm going to talk about today. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand, take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness and peace. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which 
which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the saints. Amen. Praying, praying, praying. The Apostle Paul wrote this church, this book to the church at Ephesus. And he prayed and he prayed. He was a man that was used of the Lord mightily. And you can be used of the Lord mightily too, but we need to obviously to kind of up the ante on our prayer life, okay? And that's what we're talking about. So when I talk about these things over the last few weeks, I'm not talking about it so we can gain more information. I'm actually talking about it so that you will actually be stirred in your heart to pray more, to pray and understand this even more and how powerful your prayers are. And we talked about in Sunday school this morning about praying, not giving up. Keep on praying. If God tells you to change the direction of your prayer, then do it. But we're to keep on praying. And so we need this. And so today I want to talk about a couple of things. Number one is actually in this scripture. Our warfare is not against flesh and blood. Our warfare is not against people. Our warfare actually is not against politicians or the things that seem to be going haywire. Our warfare is not against our brothers and sisters in Christ here in this church. Our warfare is not against our family members. Our warfare is against an enemy that wants to obviously destroy us when Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. It's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to take you out and me out because we are a hindrance to him furthering his kingdom. But we're here to obviously further God's kingdom. And so when we look at this scripture, there's something that you and I need to do on a regular basis. And this is not just going through this particular armor, which you can do, but knowing what it means when you do put this full armor of God on. You know, or when a, a person went into battle, they put on armor. And, and Paul is giving this, uh, illustrates this example, actually, of what happened back then and the armor that they put on because they went into battle. And so we need to put our armor on also because we are in spiritual warfare. And, you know, when I was raised in the church, I was never talked about this, taught about this. And actually, uh, things were going on around me and things and, that I did and, and so forth. I didn't know that that warfare was against me. I didn't know that. I always fought against people and the things, their ideas or maybe their confrontation of me or whatever it may be. I didn't understand that there was entities behind that person or that situation that were not in the physical, that were in the spiritual. I didn't understand that. So I want you all to know, actually, you're in war. We're in war right now. And each and every one of you, if you're going through difficulties and maybe someone has spoken something about you or said something wrong or uh, maybe it's sort of like gotten under your skin, so to speak, or whatever, it's not that person. There's entities behind that that will actually manipulate that person. That person somehow has allowed that darkness to come in and to work through them. To come against you and me. It's not against flesh and blood. We're not give. We come together in love. And under the banner of Christ, Jesus Christ. Who is love. But we know that we are in a battle. And, and so he puts on. Actually every part of this armor. When he said the belt of truth. He puts that belt on. The truth is. And who you are in Christ. And who he is in you. In us. Who Jesus is in us. And that truth is. Is that he'll never leave us. Nor forsake us. So we put the truth on. And the truth doesn't change. Our feelings are fickle. Actually, circumstances change. Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So we put that truth on. Know who you are in Christ. A lot of Christians don't know who they are in Christ. 
And he puts on the breastplate of righteousness, which actually protects the vital organs in his body. When those flaming arrows and those things come at him and, and all, it protects them. And so that righteousness has been placed in your life or imputed. That's a theological term by Jesus and by God Almighty and put that righteousness in our lives. We don't deserve it. But Jesus, because he died and because we received it, actually, we know that he has imputed that righteousness to you and me. We've been made right with God. Real simple, isn't it? Because of Jesus. Not because of any works we've done or anything that we've done, even in the good works. None of those things save us. Only the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so we put that, that, that belt, that uh, breastplate of righteousness on. Our feet are shod with the preparation of sharing the gospel of peace. Actually, there in the armor <clears throat> had a shield over the soldier's foot <clears throat> because feet were very important. They had to get around. They had to fight the battle. And they needed their feet to be able to fight the battle. And so it says that they're ready to share the gospel of peace. And you see, this is a gospel of peace. Peace with God, uh, peace with others, and peace with ourselves. And so we're ready. We put those shoes on every day. Lord, with our spiritual antennas up saying, who are we, can we witness to today? What do you want me to say? What are we doing today, Lord? Have you asked God that recently? What are we doing how can we work with you, Lord, in the things that you're doing? Because so often, you know, we get in our busyness and our own schedules and the things, nothing wrong with that. But really, we need to listen and to see what God has in mind, okay? And then he says he holds up the shield of faith. Faith. Faith, actually. And it says extinguishes all the flaming arrows of the evil one. <clears throat> I remember years ago, God showed me a flaming arrow that was coming at me. And I knew then, and I actually saw into the spirit realm. God gave me a real glimpse, just quick vision of that flaming arrow that was coming towards me. It actually, they wanted to, Satan's trying to take us out. So I held up that shield of faith and I said, no, I'm a child of God and I have authority over you, Satan. Stop it in Jesus name. And that changed the whole situation. I haven't had that vision before, but I had it that particular day. The shield of faith, it says what? And he extinguishes all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Every one. And the word is all. Which means every one of them can be extinguished if we'll hold that shield of faith up. And then he goes on to say that we put on the helmet of salvation. The mind is, obviously you've always said uh, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Yeah, it is, right? The mind is where the enemy hits. The enemy puts thoughts in our minds. You'll never make it. Your God's not going to come through for you. Your God has left you because you obviously stumbled and fell, fell and you did something you know you shouldn't have done some time ago. And so, so God has had it with you and he's, he's obviously wiped his hands and said, that's it, you see. That's what the enemy puts in your mind. He's the accuser of the brethren. He goes before the throne of grace, before God's throne, and accuses us day and night. Look what Jim did. Look what you did. And you believe God can still forgive you of that? You see, this is the accuser and he puts it in your mind. Those thoughts come your way. When you have a thought, you're going, where would that come from? Probably it came from the enemy. Because if he can somehow conquer your mind, then obviously he's won a lot of the battle. But yet we know we put that helmet of salvation on and that helmet protects our mind. That helmet actually protects us from the, those thoughts. And so what do we do? The Bible goes on in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we take every thought captive. Every thought that comes in. You see, we're able to do that if you'll practice self-discipline. 
then we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. When that thought's from the Lord, say, yes, I received that. But when you know it's not from the Lord and the Lord will give you discernment, say, no, I reject that in Jesus' name. Now, you can do it under your breath or do it out loud if you're in your home or whatever and reject it in Jesus' name. That you'll never amount to anything. Your circumstances will never change. The devil ever told you that? You've been praying and praying and it looks like it's gotten worse. Then actually what that is, the enemy is saying, you need to just give up on this. You need to stop praying for that person because that person is hopeless and there's no way that person will get saved or get healed or get delivered or whatever it may be. And they he pounds you with this. And so what do you do? You say no and you reject it. You take it thought captive before because like a bird laying a nest. That bird, that thought comes in and begins to make a, a nest and then begins to lay eggs. And before long, you're depressed and in, in a, at the bottom of the bottom, okay? It's because back here, you've accepted possibly a thought that was not from the Lord. The Lord wants to build you up. He's the God of all comfort, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, okay? The God of all encouragement. Actually, that word is in the Greek. And so we need to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Not against flesh and blood. We've got to pray. And that's what we want to talk about today. Because we have an enemy who's opposing the kingdom of God. He's opposing this nation walking in its destiny. People came here to this country, America, for religious freedom, actually. I don't care what the textbooks have been skewed to say. We actually came here because they wanted to get away from the tyrannical government there in Great Britain. And so they came here for freedom. They gave of them lives. Many of them died before they gave. They sacrificed coming over on those little tiny boats. Anybody ever seen the little boats that came over here on the Atlantic Ocean, that big pond that's out there? I'm telling you, they're little boats. They're not real big. They look like a, a little bit bigger than a rowboat to me. But they came. They risked their lives for that. But see, the enemy is telling us today, there's no chance of recovery for any of this. We're going down. And that's a lie. Because I, my God, can, can raise us up. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He can raise up those things that are dead. He's a giver of life. He can breathe new life into you and me. He can breathe new life into this church. He can awaken our hearts. If we cry out and pray to Him. But the battle depends upon you and me praying. And whether or not we believe what we're praying. You and I need to buckle our belts of truth again and actually take up our weapons of our warfare and actually pray like we never prayed before with all kinds of prayers and requests. We've talked about this some in the past. You know, we're seeing um, football games. We're seeing baseball. Astros doing good. Great. Astros, I'm sure, have got different plays and also the... Uh, Texans have different plays. All your teams have different plays. And they use different plays for different situations, don't they? They don't run around the right end every time. They don't take and go back and pass every time. They have different plays that they uh, institute and, and engage in every time because they're looking at what? They're enemies, so to speak, in that. They're not enemies in that sense. But if you think about it, our enemy is strategizing against you and me. So why don't we strategize against him? And why don't we come against him? So different prayers can be used in this way. And that's what I want to talk about today. The first type of prayer is petition. It's the most common 
uh, type of prayer. And petitions asking God to meet my needs. Jesus taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. It's not selfish. Let me say this, please. It's not selfish to ask God for help. It's not selfish to ask God for things. It actually honors God and his relationship with us. Remember Jonah? He ran from God because he didn't like the people of Nineveh. He didn't want them saved. He didn't want revival to break out in that godless country and all. So he obviously ran from God and God got a hold of him because God had already assigned him his assignment. And Jonah didn't want his assignment. But remember what happened to Jonah? God got Jonah's attention and he cried out. And he said this, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, even though Jonah had was running from God, is God still answered his prayer. Now, isn't that encouraging? Because I'm telling you, he's not looking for obviously people who always got their act together and everything seems to be going right for them. He's looking for people who will believe him for what he has already promised. He's looking for people like you and me, no matter what we feel like, hey, this thought came or I did this or I did that. He wants people to pray. So he takes in perfect vessels like you and me. And we can petition him. We can ask him for these things. Much of what happens in the kingdom of God is because we come to him and ask. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. And knock and it shall be opened. And so he's looking for people to ask him. We can do that, can't we? We can ask him, Lord, to revive us, to awaken this nation, awaken the hearts of people in this whole place, in this country, Lord, again. Awaken the hearts of those who are in governmental positions that we know are going in the opposite way. And instead of going towards darkness, Lord, head them off and bring them back and let them walk into the light. Because then they'll know the truth of the matter. And so he's looking. Petition is so easy. Ask him, ask him, what is it you need today? What is it? Those who watch this today, what's your need? Ask him. That's a petition. The second type of prayer here is thanksgiving. In Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything, but with prayer and supplication. And then he says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He says, pray about these things. But what do you say? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving can be in there, you see. With thanksgiving is important. And we need to teach uh, our children to be thankful. We need to teach our family members to be thankful. Because it's not something that just comes uh, in the natural. It's something that we have to work at. But when you're thankful, something happens, you see. Because what happens when you're thankful? You get your eyes off your problems and you get, get your eyes on God. Amen. The problem we have when we're down in the dumps is because we have allowed the problem to consume us and we're not grateful that God is in the midst of doing something powerful in your life. Remember the phrase? God is at work. And so we get glued on that. We get fixated on that problem. And before long, it's overcoming. It's overwhelming to us. You remember when Jesus broke the bread there? He had the 5,000 people. Think about it. Here you are, the disciples. You're walking along with, the, with Jesus. You're there. You've seen Jesus do so many miracles. And remember on one occasion, uh, they had the little boy with the fishes and the bread and all. They brought it up there. And they had 5,000 plus. There were probably a lot more than 5,000, I'm sure. 
and all. And uh, remember, Jesus told him, said, you feed them. What would you have done? You went, Lord, do you see this crowd we've got? Do you see these little fishes? And they were little fish, actually, from what they believed. Little tiny fish. Do you believe? Can you see this? Don't you see what's happening? Remember that. But on one occasion, remember what Jesus did? He broke the bread. And what did he do? Anybody? What did he do? He thanked God. He lifted heaven. He thanked God. Did he pray? Or not in that sense of petition. He thanked God. He said, thank you, Father, for this. Amen. Did you bow your head? Whether it be at the dinner table. Or when you maybe at night you go to bed. Or maybe in the morning you get up. Whatever it may be, you see. When you thank God, I want to tell you, I think it's the beginning of miracles. Because what happened after Jesus thanked his father? Actually, a miracle happened. Because he was thankful. How many of us in here today and those watching that sometimes we feel like it's a whole lot easier to complain and to gripe? I mean, it seems like it sometimes, doesn't it? I just want to complain. I mean, you know, look at my circumstances there. They're out of control. I have no, no power of my... I just, Lord, why did you bring this on me? Why did you allow this to happen? What are you doing through this? I don't like it, Lord. It hurts and I'm out of my comfort zone, you see. Instead of turning and say, thank you, Father, because the Bible says give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now think about these things. Oh my goodness. Thank Him. I believe miracles start when you begin to change your attitude because you begin to see things differently from a different perspective when you thank God. He can do it. The third type of prayer is really important too, is worship, you see. In Psalm 99, verse 9, exalt the Lord our God and worship at His holy hill for the Lord our God is holy. You see, thanksgiving is good preparation for worship. You know, worship is abandonment. Okay? I don't care what anybody says about me. I'm not here to please people. I'm not here to be seen by people. I'm here to worship the Lord. And when we sing in this place today, I don't focus on anything else that God. And a lot of the songs, when we sing to Him about that, I'm singing to the Father. I'm exalting His holy name. I'm not seeing how well I can sing or how well I can make a joyful noise. I'm singing to the Father. And so when you come in here, individually, each one of us are worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so I'm abandoned. What that means is I don't have any control over my life. I have no control over anything. I don't have any control over this church. God came and swept through here. I can't control him. Don't want to and don't plan on it. Okay. But worship is complete abandonment to, to the Lord. Worship Him and His holiness, His glory, His power. You look at some of those, the Psalms. Look there at the priests that were building and completed Solomon's temple there. The glory of God came into place so powerfully they couldn't even finish their duties. The glory of God, the presence of the Lord, the manifest presence of God, they couldn't even finish it. They just put everything down and said, Lord, <laughs> you just all we want is you. That's all we want. When you come in, that's all we want, right? See? God's up to something. And God wants us to know 
that these things are actually when we ask the Holy Spirit to do the things that we're asking, I'm not just singing words. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Think about it when you were singing it. You're praying. I pray that. That's my prayer. I build my life on you. We sing a song there. And we made a declaration. We make our life a foundation on the word of God. And so we sing it. We pray. I pray through that. You can pray through your singing. Asking God to do this. Because he wants to. But this is worship. Because he is worthy. It's not about whether or not I feel like it. Or whether or not I think I worship like everybody else does or, or anything else. It is between you and me and God. That's it. That's it between me and God and you and God. That's all. That's all it is. Care what anybody else is doing? I want to worship the king. I want to know him. That's what you do. You worship. The next type of prayer is confession. Confession. Everybody knows what that is. Psalm 51, David confesses his sin with Bathsheba and asks forgiveness. And the psalm opens with these words. Have mercy on me, Lord, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us, Lord. Confession. What confession is is agreeing with God. I sin. David says, creating me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence or take thy Holy Spirit from me, but restore the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He confessed. He said, knowledge, Lord, it's sin. And David is saying, against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, you see. Because our sin is against our Father. And we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit when that happens. Because what we can do, we can run to the Father quick. We can, we can confess those sins and repent of those sins quickly. That is a prayer so vital in our lives. Because we believe sometimes after we become a Christian that that's it. No, we need to have a regular time of repentance, folks. We need to come before Him. We have not arrived. That stuff that we thought had gone away, it all of a sudden begins to rear its ugly head. And it comes back on us and we confess it and say, Lord, deliver me from it. Get rid of it and agree with God. And he goes, it's done. Done deal. Remember some time ago, I was telling you that I was dealing with some things in my life and all. And I knew God had forgiven me, but Lord, I really want to see that. And remember, he gave me a vision. He gave me a vision of the blood of Christ. And it was real quick. And underneath of that, I knew that my sins were under the blood. I knew they were under, but you couldn't see them. But I knew they were under them. You see, our sins are under the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood cleanses us from all of our sins. And we need to confess on a regular basis. Go before the Lord. Ask Him. Ask the Holy Spirit to help us to keep a clean slate. Take that personal inventory because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. For, again, John, 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's part is the cleansing. Our part is honest confession. A next type of prayer is conversation. Prayer is conversation. You have a conversation with the Lord. Talk to him. He talks back. He'll listen. If you give him ear, you want to learn to hear from him. You want to hear what he's saying. 
then just talk to him. You know, if you're not going to say anything to him, why is he, you know, why do you want him to speak to you? Talk to him. Tell him. Ask him questions. Ask him, what do you think about this, Lord? I was telling him, you know, and then I thought about it because I was asking, well, what do you think about this? And then I was thinking, well, Lord, you know about it anyway. But I, afterwards, I came back and said, this is pleasing to the Lord because you're talking to the Lord. You're having a conversation with the Lord throughout your day. And so often I have that blank space where actually I'm not talking to the Lord. Because obviously I'm too busy with other things. We need to stop. We need to discipline ourselves. See, we haven't arrived and I'm just hopefully kind of inviting you to enter into this conversation. Isn't that great? That's a type of prayer. Conversing with. Remember when Moses uh, first went to Pharaoh with the word of God? God had said, you're my man. You're going to deliver my people out of captivity. And the Pharaoh made it worse on the Israelite slaves. Remember the story? And he added the task of gathering straw and demanded the same production. And so this was the opposite of what Moses was praying for. But look at look how Moses approached God. In Exodus chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, he says this. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it that you've sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. The question is, and look how God answers it in, a, in Exodus chapter 6, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will let them go. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. So you go, Lord, why haven't you done this? You think that offends God? No. Go to him and say, Lord, I'm looking for you. you you've said this is what, what's going to happen, and I don't see it happening. In fact, when I pray, it looks like it's getting worse. And a lot of times that's the truth. That will happen. Because God is strengthening your faith and my faith to keep on praying and keep on looking to him. Because if we had instant answers to all of our prayers, we wouldn't say we don't need God. We just ask him and then we'll go about our business. But this keeps us coming back, coming back. Why would you do this, Lord? What's going on here? What's happening? Talk to him. What's going on? Help me, Lord. You see, when you ask God a question, listen for his answer. Because listening is a big part of prayer. You talk and ask, God speaks back. Through his word, through circumstances, through people, through prophetic words, through different ways. That is a form of prayer. And then there's the contemplative uh, type of prayer. Where you're just sitting in the presence of the Lord. You ever just sit there and you don't know what to say? That's prayer. Because sometimes, again, I have my grocery list. I bam, bam, bam. And you need that. And you need to have a journal. But a lot of sometimes I, I'm like, Lord, I'm lost for words here. And just sit. And just listen. Lord, I'm here. Here I am. You and me. It's this time with you, Lord. I'm not sure what's on your heart towards me. But I'm here. I have an open heart. Remember uh, Samuel there. Uh, he kept hearing these things. And finally, he wised up and he said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Sometimes I'll say, Lord, speak because your son, Jim, is listening. Just listen. Con contemplative that prayer. Just sitting. When you do that and you say, Lord, I'm going to wait on you because you said you renew my strength. And I'm sitting here waiting on you. And sometimes you're going, what? I'm killing a lot of time here and I need to clean the house. I need to do this and I need to do that. Won't that come across your mind at that time? 
All these things. Man, I got all this stuff to do. I'll encourage you to take your journal and write down the things you need to do and then go back and listen to the Lord. Because if not, you'll get up. You'll leave your place. Because we're not listening, you see. We need to, to exercise contemplative prayers. Listen, just listen. You don't have to have the words. In fact, you can just sit with your father. And he really enjoys your presence. Because what's happened there is because you've made time to sit with him. You've made time to say, I love you, Father. I love your ways. I love your ways. I love your kindness towards me. I thank you for what you've done in my life and what you are doing and will do. And God honors that. The other type of prayer is corporate prayer. The prayers we have here, very powerful. In Mark 18, verses 18, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or more or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. When we gather, we got powerful prayer warriors in this place. We got powerful people in the Lord in this place. But we got a handful. We don't have a big arsenal, you see. But we do have a big arsenal. Because who it is, is it about our strength? No. It's about the one who's in our midst. His name is Jesus. We gather, power's released. I've mentioned to you, I think, last week. When the word is preached, it's not me. It's a vessel that I'm just chosen. This is my place. This is my calling. But when we speak the word of God and you think, is anything happening in this place? Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. The word of God is going forth. And in Isaiah 55, it says it will not return void, but it will go forth and accomplish everything that God set out for it to accomplish. You believe it? Okay. It's not about how I, I prepare and, and so forth and I do all that, but it's not about whether or not I am the you know, highfalutin preacher doing, saying this and that. It's not about that. I'm just a vessel. But do you believe when God's word goes forth today in this place through testimonies, through prayers, and through the preaching of the word, do you believe that it somehow is touching your spirit man and doing something so spiritually significant that only eternity will tell? Do you believe it? Yes, it is. You don't have to feel anything. You've chosen to get up on this beautiful morning and come to church. You've chosen, obviously, to get up and, uh, <clears throat> and to, um, to come in here, fellowship. You've chosen. You see, what's happened here is that we have made that move forward toward God Almighty. You can't lose, folks. If you think, well, nothing's happening in this place. Nothing's going on in my life. It looks like it's getting worse. And I'm praying. Jim's saying to pray. And I'm praying. It looks like it's getting worse. And all. And yet today you came in here. And so what you did was you made a statement. Because you made the move to come to this place. Not because obviously that this is just the way God works. Okay. The Bible says if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. Okay. Got to believe it. You guys are powerful in the Lord. You just don't realize. We don't know how powerful we are with these weapons that we have. All types of weapons to be used, you see. And we need one another. People don't come to church anymore. 
a lot of people don't come. And there are certain reasons they can't come. You know, we understand that. We know that. And they can look and get on the Internet and they watch things and people are watching here. But if you can get in the church, get in the church. Get in the church and get around people, rub shoulders, people of faith, have your faith stirred. You know, sometimes, again, we're crossing the, our paths, coming and going, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? Good, good. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. And then when you really get down to the nitty gritty, that person you ask, is, is everything going all right with you? No, it's not going with a heck. Okay. Isn't that true? Church house is a place that we can come and share our lives together, our hearts, and trust that God's going to work it out. And he does something when we're assembled together. He does something when we gather as in unity as one, you see. That's why the Bible talks about, I believe, for the end times, that actually that unification, that unity in the church, <clears throat> not, not just any belief system, but those who believe in Jesus Christ's foundation and the, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is there. We have that commonality that is essential, you see. There are non-essentials on the perimeter where different things that are going on. But we know that it's important. So this is the truth. And then groanings. Romans 8 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps you in your weakness, for we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes we just can't have words. But you see, the Bible tells us in Romans 8 that the Spirit of God is groaning down deep inside of you. Sometimes you just, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. There's something going on in all. It could be very well the Spirit is groaning, is praying. And you know the Spirit prays in the perfect will of the Father because he's the per he is God. He's the third person of the Trinity. He's doing it. You have somebody that is praying for you. And it says that he's making intercession for you. Are you struggling today with anything in your life? Then trust. There are two people are praying for you. The Holy Spirit and Jesus. In Romans chapter 8, it says that. The Holy Spirit's praying for you and me. And Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for you and me. He's praying for you and me right now. He knows every need that you have. He wants you to join in praying with him for that particular need. Why is it the son of of God had to get away with the father every day. He got away with the father. I believe he got away with the father and that's just my belief. And he got his assignment for the day. And then he went about the countryside doing exactly what his father said I told him to do. But he was God. Why did he need to pray? Remember, he was deity. He was God and he was man. And so he never obviously tapped into his deity there. He was always operating as humanity. So he can say, obviously, I know, and I felt your affliction. I know. If he was just God and he operated in that totally, he wouldn't be able to say that because he's God. Of course he's been able to go through these things. But as a man, he went through those things so that he could relate to us. He knows and he sympathizes with our, he empathizes with our weakness. He knows, but he had to pray. He had to pray. I believe that revival is preceded by prayer. I've read a lot about prayer over the years because I love the study about revival, and I have. And it's interesting to know everyone that actually where God really took off and touched people 
and, and multitudes got saved. It was because people were praying. There's a pastor I heard about right recently, and he is praying in Upper State. Uh, he actually is holding crusades in Upper State, New York. And he's in one particular town that actually right recently is that he had a tent meeting. And actually, from what I hear, and I'm passing this on from what I've heard, is the tent hold about, held about 1,200 people. And when he, when they finally, when they opened up the service and all, and they had a few praise courses and so forth, but then they taught the word of God. There wasn't entertainment. There wasn't all this glitz and glamour. There wasn't any of these Madison Avenue techniques. It was actually just prayerful praise and worship and then preaching the word of God. And actually, they didn't know if they'd get anybody because evidently there weren't, you know, people were, not in church today and so forth. Well, they filled the tent up of 1,200 people. And then on the outside of the tent, from what I heard, there were uh, a 1,000 or more than a 1,000 on the outside of the tent. Okay? That's, that's something going on. That's supernatural. And when they called and had the pastors come, they had uh, several hundred pastors to come and to come into that tent and represent their churches. As they pray, you see. God's up to something. I believe people are praying. I want to be a part of that. Do you? I know you do. I want this church to be a part of it. I want every church to be a part of it. I, I don't want to be left out of it. And I don't want any church to be left out of it. And I'm not going to any way. I'm saying, Lord, to do it at all of us, okay? So I'm not trying to be singled out here at Lighthouse Fellowship. I'm saying, Lord, I want you to do it to the body of Christ. I want everybody to know you. Evidently, God does too, because his word says so. He wishes none to perish, but all to come to everlasting life. So God wants to use you and me to be a part of this thing that he's doing. And it's beginning, I believe, because he's the only way. It's not obviously a new governmental system or, or replacing these or replacing that, although that's something we need to, you need to vote and you need to obviously vote. Uh, and put people that are obviously have that relationship with God one way or another. But it's not ultimately about that. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen. And him be exalted above all the earth. And we may could be in the end times. I don't know that. I don't know. A lot of pastors, some people are saying that because they're seeing certain things. I don't know that. I know one thing. But I know one thing. He's positioning you and me to get ready. And if you're not ready here today. And you're saying that you want your prayer life to be kind of a, 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 have an upgrade like you do on your iPhone. You want to be upgraded, okay? Today is the day to make that before the Lord and tell God. Then bring me up a notch, Lord, in my prayer life. It's not what I want it to be. You see, that's confession. Just coming to him as your father and saying, it is not like what I want it to be, but I believe you can make it that way. And so that's what God is saying today when we say that. There's intercession. We pray for one another. Moses interceded for the children of Israel. Remember, Daniel interceded for the nation in, in chapter 9 of Daniel. And then in Hebrews 7, 25, tells us we have a great high priest who ever lives to make intercession for us. I just mentioned it. Don't think you're wasting your time when you're praying. God heard you the first time. Keep praying. Don't give up. And then there's the command. There's actually a command. Um, remember the Bible says. And speak that this mountain be removed. And cast into the sea. 
Sometimes, obviously, we say that that enemy, get away from me. I take authority over you. And whatever it may be, because I want to tell you, everybody thought all the demons were over in Africa and they were just stuck there. No, they're not. They're here. There's more witchcraft in this country than what you realize, too. There's more of that activity than what you realize. The occult that's going on, the New Age movement that's been taking place now for the last 40 years is a major move of occultism in there. Tell it. Do you have a sense that there's darkness or evil in there? In fact, I would encourage you. I'll talk to you about do a house clean every now and then. Cleanse your house. Pray over your house. Walk through there and take authority over whatever's in there that's contrary to the will of God. Take authority over it and tell it to get out in Jesus' name. You have authority that's been delegated by Jesus himself, okay? It's not your authority, but he gives you the authority. And do it. Clean it out, okay? You don't know who's been in there. You don't know what TV program you watched that somehow allowed it to come in. Whatever it is, it doesn't make any difference. Take authority over it and cast it out. Command it. When Cindy was going through her illness there, y'all remember the story that she had Gillian Bray and she's laying there unresponsive. I'm praying around the bed and the God, spoke to, God spoke to me and said, command it, command healing. And I heard him. I'll never forget it when he spoke to me. God knew right where I was standing by the side, right by the particular a side of the bed that I was standing everything. He said, command healing. I began to take authority and I began to command healing to Cindy's body. To that Gillian Bray that devastated her. Command it. Take authority. Command it to be so. When it is, make that declaration also. If it's God's word, declare it. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And I make that declaration today that I will build my house upon the rock. And his name is Jesus Make the declaration. Make it out loud. Let the darkness know where you stand. That's what you and I have got to do. There are prayers that we can pray in this way. The promises of God are important. You know, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his counsel upon you and give you peace because he's the God of peace. So make those declarations. And keep on praying always in verse 18 with all prayer and all kinds of supplication in the spirit, in the spirit, in the spirit. Pray. Pray like you've never prayed before in the spirit. You see, you're going, well, I thought the preachers were just the only ones that prayed. No. No. No, I'm only one. God hears me. God answers my prayer. But man, when you corporately, a church begins to pray, there's power released. Every time, God says, I guarantee it, I will. I hear you. And I'm thrilled to hear your prayers. You're praying for somebody today who's not saved. You're praying, you've been praying. Or you've prayed with somebody and they're just away from the Lord. Keep praying. Don't give up. You're praying because obviously maybe they brought conflict. Or maybe they're just really, they're trying to find their place in life. And you just don't, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep trusting. Keep on. Because God is saying today that when we pray, put on that full armor of God. And pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. We can do that. Amen. We can do it. I believe that God 
is waiting upon you and me to believe what His Word says. I believe that He will fulfill what He says if we'll come to Him honestly and get real before Him. And if that may happen today, you're saying, Lord, and if you're here or you're watching this and you say, my prayer life is not what it should be, I believe. I want to I want to just ramp it up a notch here, Lord, to what you want it to be. When you get honest with the Lord and you get transparent before him and get real with him, let me tell you, he honors that because what does that mean? You're humble. And God gives grace to the humble. Humble. He gives grace. He'll give you grace to increase that, to do it. Okay. And then whatever he tells you to do, do it. I'm not here to tell you, but I'm telling you. Our answer today is Jesus, and he calls us to pray. And I believe he's up to something really big. And I believe he wants to use you and me in what he's doing in the earth today. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, your truth, and thank you for your presence always. You're good, and you're good all the time. And Lord, we ask you to cleanse our hearts and let us come before you with confidence and trust and let you have just have your way with us, oh God. We've been bought with a price anyway, Lord. We're no longer our own. Lord, you paid the price by sending your only begotten Son into the world that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Father, we ask you to do a mighty work, a revival in this church. Start with me. And Lord, let the wildfires of your spirit just spread throughout this whole congregation. Awaken our hearts, Lord. Awaken our hearts, Holy Spirit, to the holiness and the goodness of our God. Father, only you can do this, which we're asking. But you can, and we believe you. Father, help us to come and again, fight that good fight of faith. And Lord, just continue to stand against unbelief. Because what we see happening looks the opposite of what we're speaking. But as a sermon I heard recently was, it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of perspective. And this pastor said, when, when we believe somehow that, uh, that God is doing something, He's always doing something. And it's always good. Because he always does things on behalf of his children. And Lord, we stand before you today saying, we love you. We praise you. We love you, Father. We love you. We want to know you in a deeper way than we ever have before. I want to know you. If you can pray that prayer, you want to know you, Father. Just say, Father, I want to, I want to know you. I want to know you. That's something God will answer. God will answer that prayer. So may you be exalted, Lord, above all the earth. May Jesus be praised forever. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. If you've never received Jesus, you've thought about it, but somehow you've never really stepped across. But today, you really feel like the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart and just saying, you need to make this decision today. Whoever 
the Spirit is knocking on their heart's door. Make that decision today. And accept Him into your life as your Lord and Savior. Telling you, I've sinned against you. I've done what is evil in your sight. And I want to be cleansed because I can't carry this guilt and shame anymore. And I know that Jesus will come into your life and remove that guilt and shame from your life because that's what He came to do. Came to set the captive free. And He's in the process of doing that. And so I'd encourage you to do that. Or whatever the need may be, but foundationally, it's salvation. Because you need to know where you're going when you leave this earth. People are leaving with, with COVID, you know, illnesses <clears throat> and other illnesses. And we don't know what this winter holds, but we do know who holds this winter. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he wants you to know, no matter what happens in your life, where you're going when you leave this earth. To know his forgiveness. And the eternal salvation that he gives freely for all who will call upon the name of the Lord. So I encourage you to do that. Search it out. Ask God to reveal himself to you. God, if you're real, then I want to see you. And then open your heart and just be willing to obey. God will show himself because he's a good God. He's a good father. Amen. Have a great week in the Lord. I pray that God would bless you. Remember, it's not selfish to ask for blessings. Amen. Everybody wants to get blessed, right? I do. Amen. I want God's blessing. God blesses me. Amen. He blesses you. And ask him to help me. Lord, help me. Help me to walk with you each and every day. He will do it. Help me to pray. Give me grace to pray, Lord. That's what I pray. Lord, give me grace to pray. He will do it. Amen. God bless you. And y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you back here next week. Same time. Amen. God bless.